Are you ready? We are on God's side, eh? We are on His side. He's for us. He's not against us. We are on His side. What's amazing about God, I have discovered, is that He's not hidden. He wants to be known. He wants you to know Him. He reveals His thoughts to you. You know, 1 Corinthians says, no one knows a man except the spirit of a man. No one knows God except the spirit of God. But you, say I, have received the spirit of God. Therefore, I can know. I can know God. And the spirit is continuously showing the Father's heart and mind to you. Continuously. But it's for those who want it, I want it. Now, I'm going to kind of carry on with what, what, what Pastor John was speaking about last week, about knowing God better. Now, Pastor John said, knowing God. Now, Pastor John mentioned last week, we all got a measure of where we've known God and we know God. We've seen Him in our lives. You've seen Him manifest in your lives, where you've prayed and you've seen Him literally come through for you. That's where He's made Himself known to you. Now, I'm going to talk about a, a bit of a different aspect about knowing God. Now, last week, Pastor John mentioned about knowing God is intimacy. You know, for instance, you've got knowledge about the president, but you don't know him. You know his favorite feed? But you've got knowledge about him. So there is two parts to this, where there's knowledge, and then there's a part where there's knowing. They're very different. Very, very different. So the one is information. The other one is a relationship, is intimacy. Knowledge, now if you think about Old Testament, New Testament, you can very say, Law, grace. I like this part. We need grace. <laughs> we all need grace. But you get grace when you get to know. Ephesians 1 verse 15 to 18. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all God's people. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and a love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That's Paul speaking to the Ephesian church. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the glorious Father. Now you can recap last week. We don't just know him as God, but we know him as the Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ and the glorious Father. But you only get there when you know Him. Then He carries on that this Lord of Jesus Christ, God and Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom. I want the spirit of wisdom. Say, so I want the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Why? Why is He praying this? So that you may know Him better. Verse 17, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, 
the riches of his glorious inheritance in the holy people. One example that I find quite interesting in the Old Testament, somebody that really knew God was David. Now think of this. There's a legalistic system, there's the law, there's all these rituals, there's all these things you have to do. Here's the priest. Nobody can just go into this temple. If you go in there, you'll die. <laughs> They'll pull you on a little string out. But here comes David, and Jesus highlights this event in Matthew 12, verse 2 to 4. And he said to them, haven't you read that David did what he and his companions when they were hungry how they entered the house of God, where they ate the sacred bread, which was against the law for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priest. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You can have knowledge, or you can know him. This very much you can say, the old man, the new I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that um, Paul's dad was crucified with Jesus? He says, my old man was crucified with Christ. <laughs> God, so you thought this was a revelation. <laughs> my old man was crucified with Jesus. <laughs> but it's amazing when you get saved and you become a child of God, you can choose which one you want. You can choose, do I just want knowledge of him? I'm saved now, okay, am I just going to have a theological idea of God, or am I going to know him better? He wants that for you. One thing that God wants for you, we're all on a walk with God. We're all not perfect. If you are, you can come and stand here and teach, <laughs> okay? But none of us are perfect. we all got our stuff. But it's amazing that even in that, God is so working on the inside of you. He is so continuously busy inside of you, molding you. And He wants character to be molded and be shaped on the inside of you. We've got so much. You look at the news, they've got the power, but absolutely no character. Then they've got character, but they've got no power. They more shout, there's no power. God wants character and He wants power. Now, God wants you healed, restored. He wants you prosperous. He wants you whatever you can think of, what he wants for you. That's joy, peace, everything. And one thing that I want to highlight today, bouncing from what Pastor John said, is knowing God, you'll get to know yourself. When you don't know yourself, you'll easily fall into that. But if you know yourself... And because you know him, life can hit you. Things can happen in your life. But you know him. You know who you are in him. Therefore, this grace, this mercy. He wants me healed. And do I have a headache? Yes, but he wants me healed. As if he wants me prosperous. He wants to restore my life. I know him. When I know him, I get to know myself. Now... Why is there prophetic words? Why would somebody go and prophesy over you and say, this is who you're going to be? You know? And something I've discovered, I mean, if you've been there, 
<laughs> where it's like, this is where God wants for you, until you're in front of, and you're like, yes, 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 until you're in front of that door, you're like, oh, Jesus, how the heck am I going to do this? This is so far beyond my capability or mind, but I know you want it for me, but yeah, this is, who's been there before? <laughs> so God is seeing something on the inside of you that he wants you to start seeing. And he, what he wants you to start believing about yourself. Therefore, that's why you get prophetic words. Prophecy is encouraging, uplifting. It's, you know, and yes, God will warn you about something or whatever, whatever. But when it comes to something about who you are and your destiny, it's because he wants you to get to know yourself. If you think you can't sign up people and preach, and here comes up, yeah, I got to preach. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> no, but uh, do, you, do you really know yourself? Do you know yourself the way he knows you? Because when you get to know him, you get to know who you are. Now, Pastor John brought this scripture up last week, and I'm going to read it as well. Second Peter 1, verse 3 to 4. His divine power has given us everything that we need for godly life through our knowledge of him. If you don't have knowledge, if you don't know him, you won't know that he's given everything to you. There's no power behind it. Who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises. Prophetic words, promises. What, what is he going to do? He's given it to you. So that through them, you may participate in his divine nature. <clears throat> Having escaped the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. Now we were talking about, about knowing God, not only having knowledge of him, judgment, law. When you get to know God, it's not just a thing about knowing, but it's about intimacy, intimately knowing Him. Now I want to bring this, how intimately do you know yourself? Why do we react the way we react? Why do we do the things we do? Why do we have insecurities? Why do we have inferiority complexes? Why do we have this stuff? When we get to know Him, He deals with those stuff. I don't want to run ahead of myself. But Romans 1 verse 21, talk a little bit about this old man, not Paul's dad, <laughs> the old man. For though they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. When you just have knowledge about him, there's no glory in it. It doesn't glorify God. If you just have knowledge about him, there's no thanksgiving. Your heart gets just darkened. But if you get to know him, you start glorifying him as God. You start giving thanks to him. You get to, your mind changes. You start thinking differently. Your heart gets enlightened when you get to know him. When you get to know yourself. Now, Pastor John brought this last week, and I want to mention this a little bit here, but futile. 
Futile means this. The definition of futile is something that won't succeed or is unimportant. What are we thinking? An example of futile is someone trying to stop a plane that has already left the ground. Unless you're Chuck Norris or somebody like that or something. No, I'm just here. <laughs> so, when we go through stuff, when we face life and we face trials, we face things, do we have futile thoughts? Because if you've got futile thoughts, it will have absolutely no result. Who's been there where you face something and condemnation hits, guilt hits, shame hits, judgment hits, there's no money, it will produce no fruit. You'll see no result when you have futile thoughts. But when you face situations, you're like, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I am whatever he has called me to be. As a destiny on my life, you'll see the fruit of your thoughts. Your attitude starts changing. Now, I want to talk about something here, and I'm going to balance it out here. Now, when we face stuff, I remember one time we were actually in COVID, and um, <laughs> it was one of those times where your kids just get under your skin. You're like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm going to strangle you. And then and none of the fruits of the Spirit is at all visible at all. You're like, I'm going to... Mm-hmm. And I remember one day, if, you, if you've got kids, it's happened. <laughs> Aren't you holy? You don't do that stuff, you know? You're very patient with your children. And, you know, yeah, very much, you know? And I remember one day I walked out there and I said, God, this is not who I am. This is not the nature. This is not the Christ nature. He said to me, you're right. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. This is right. It's not who you are. It's not who you are. When you snap at somebody or you get irritated or frustrated or you get offended about the most stupidest thing, if you allow God to say, and you, if you get knowledge of him and who you are, that voice is like, that, that is not who you are. That's not who you're called to be. And I want to read this scripture here. There's always this thing about old nature, new nature, the struggle between us. Now, before you became a Christian, you would sin like something. You had no conscience about your sinning. You'll swear at somebody and do whatever you want to do. There's no conscience. But you became a child of God. He's light shone into that dark part of your heart and he's enlightened it and you realize, but that's not who I am. So when you face something and you say, but that's not who I am, right, it's not who you are, but it's an opportunity for God to say, okay, God, but this is not who I am. Don't go into futile thoughts. Don't say, oh, well, I condemned, I condemn myself, I kicked the dog or, you know, shouted at a taxi or, you know, don't fall into futile thinking, but realize that the light, the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, His Spirit is living on the inside of you and is about to deal with those things. It's about to develop a character where that which has been such a weakness in your life will become a strength and you'll stand stronger. And people will see 
people will see that. You're like, but you used to be like this. Like, but, uh, that's, but this is what Jesus done for me. There's four verse six to eight. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Now in the beginning, we talked about futile thinking. Their hearts are darkened. They're thinking stupid stuff. But his light has shone into our darkness, making his light shine in our hearts to give us light for the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. For we have this treasure of jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's not your works. It's not. It's him. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. So I want to challenge you because, believe me, I'm so talking to myself. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like you think, oh, Jesus. When you're there, you're like, oh, Jesus, thank you that your light has shined in my heart. Thank you that right now something is highlighted in me and we're going to deal with it. Not by mind, nor by power, but by His Spirit. Amen. And He will strengthen you in that area. Amen. Amen. When life hits, what comes up? There's that thing where, you know, if you squeeze the orange, you get orange juice. It should be very weird if something else comes out. But if we get squeezed as Christians, children of God, <laughs> what comes out? But do we just fall into the futile thinking? Do we fall into judgmentalism? Do we fall into condemnation, guilt, and shame? We can choose, but I prefer to go here. Because if you go there, you've got still just a bit of knowledge of God. You just got a bit of knowledge of who you are. But if you get here, you get to know God. You get to know yourself. He's created you. The best being that you can think of that knows you the better is He. So when you get to know Him, you get to know you. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10. You'll know this scripture, beautiful scripture. Paul says this, but He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more and more gladly about my weaknesses, so that great God, Christ's power may rest on me. He's boasting on his weakness. Next moment, God's power rests on him. Oh, let that see lie. Imagine that. Mm. That is why. For Christ's sake, I delight, delight, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insult, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. We just want to run away. Persecution hit, we want to like, rapture, take me. <laughs> you know, when we, but pressed, like, oh, where do I run to, you know? What about when you mm, know him, you run to him. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's run to him. This year, do you know, can think back of your last year or where it was like, make a choice. Father, if something is going to start, if I'm, okay, let's deal with this. Light has shone in my heart. Now, this thing is going to become a strength. 
if I'm inferior or I've got a complex of whatever sort, come, let's deal with this. I don't want this. You know it's not who I am, and I've realized more and more because I know you and I know myself is not who I am, so let's deal with it. Now, God's got funny ways of dealing with those stuff. Very funny ways. He can put something next to you that will just poke the finger into that thing even more. <laughs> okay, Jesus, let's deal with this. Why do you use that person to deal with this thing? But he wants to deal with it. One thing I have totally discovered is, and I'm just talking, there's a lot we can go on about it, but take godly counsel. I remember when I just came to ACF, not after the order, snotkop, zinki, I was 21, and, um, and there's stuff that when you grow up, that's, that's there. You know, there is complexes, there is inner vows or things that I have made or I thought I dealt with, I never dealt with, or whatever. And we do sometimes stuff and we're like, why are we doing this? And it takes a man of God, and I remember Pastor John was saying, you're very impulsive. You're extremely impulsive. You don't think stuff through. You just make a decision, you run with it. I'm like, oh my word, why is God dealing with this within me? <laughs> you know? And it was like, Godly counsel. It was a nah. It was like, okay, well, maybe I, <laughs> maybe I need to think. You know, I'll make decisions like, and it just turns out horribly wrong. And he's like, but I told you not to do that. Why did you do that? Like, I, I'm sorry, forgive me. <laughs> but take godly counsel. And it's an, oh, I can't stress this so much. It's so important to have the right people around you. Men and women of God around you that will tell you, you are being a pumpkin right now. <laughs> but God wants to, you to know yourself. You know him, know yourself. He wants to build a godly character. So I have changed. There might be sometimes it I fall back a little bit on my impulsiveness, but I make an effort. Not even when my wife says no. <laughs> but I do try to analyze things of the spirit I want to be like, let's go for it now, you know. But you know, sometimes you have to think stuff through, but you get where I'm coming from, you know. But take godly counsel. Who do you surround yourself with? Are they people that will tell you, listen, you're out of line this, you need to sort this out? Because those are the people that really cares about you, that wants you to succeed and become the person that God's called you to be. Let's quickly go to Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. I'll have a bit of a <laughs> there, times of my life. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs 19, verse 20. Listen to counsel and accept discipline. That always dies. But when you accept this, that you may be wise. So when you accept it, you'll become wise. And for the rest of your days, for the rest of your days, when you accept godly counsel, you'll be wise. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord stands. Now, I want to bring about this another area there that I just start doing myself because God wants me to know myself. When I get to know him, I know myself. Remember, God wants you healed. He wants you restored. He wants you to fulfill your calling. 
One thing I started doing, and look, what do I see in the mirror? Do I love myself? Not in a vain way. Because when you get to know him, you get to know yourself. And in the, you'll start falling in love with yourself. When you get to know him, you'll start seeing what he sees about you. And you'll see the love he has for you. And you're like, yeah, I love you so much. Have you ever stood in a mirror and said, you know what? You know, we've got this false humility thing. You know, you sit, oh my word, if you see who he sees, you're like, you'll kiss yourself in the mirror. I love you. And I will hug myself. Because if you see what he sees, because you can only do that when you get to know him. You look in the mirror and it's like, I love you. I can see the love of Jesus on the inside of you. You know, when you step into a room, mm, atmospheres changes. When you step into a room, you know, God will just see everybody. You know, the world is waiting for you. You talk to yourself. I'm talking to myself. You know, the world is waiting, waiting to see what he's placed on the inside of you. It feels awkward. I dare you try doing it. When you start loving yourself, you start embracing the new nature. You start embracing the knowledge who, who you are in him. We're so good, so quick to criticize ourselves, so quick to look in the mirror and it's like, I don't like my gifting. I don't like this. What about embracing it? Because if you embrace it, you'll grow. We look at it's like, I want to be like this. I want to be. What about be you? And we look in the mirror, oh, my nose is skewed, or, you know, we're so quick to criticize ourselves. I want to tell the story. It was Derek Prince. Hey? He had a word of knowledge for this woman, but this woman before, she hated her legs. It was because of those long legs. I think you've mentioned it before. Those long legs, and she did, he hated her legs. She cursed her own legs. And she ended up getting a disease, I think, in her legs. And she, it was about to lose her legs. And Derek was like, and went to pray for us, like, you need to start loving yourself because you have done this to yourself. Accept it. And this is how God made you. And she got healed. So what about looking at me and it's like, Jesus, I know I need to lose someone, but you still love me, and I'm going to still love myself. There's that wise part where we have to look after ourselves. We have to, you know, be healthy, you know. But there's this unhealthy part where we so hate ourselves. We look in the mirror, and because of years of abuse or what, years of growing up or whatever, we dislike ourselves. What about looking in the mirror and say, do you kiss yourself in the mirror? I love myself. Just that nobody, I'll see you because that'll look very weird. Just, it's like a thing between you and God, you know. When you love yourself, I'm going to say something here that it's going to be, you'll realize it. Mark 12, verse 30 to 31. Now, we know the scriptures. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. That's the first great commandment. The second one is, now, we read this very quickly. We, I want to stop this one part. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no command greater than these. How is it that you can love somebody that has done so much against you? Because it's a measure of where you've 
accepted who God has called you to be, and you've accepted your, your identity in Him, that's why you can love. So how do you really love your enemies? How do you really love your, you know, that horrible boss or whatever? You start loving your enemies when you start loving yourself. Ephesians 4 verse 29 to 32. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that what is helpful to build others up according to their needs. I want to throw that in there about yourself as well. That it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed. So how do you grieve? Now, grieve is like, are you hurting somebody? How do you grieve? If you want to say the Holy Spirit, what are you talking about yourself? What are you saying? The Holy Spirit will be like, no, no, I cannot do this. The Holy Spirit, no, that you can. You can do all things to Christ who strengthens you. You can do this. I will empower you. I've got your back. That's what the Holy Spirit is like. No, I, you are robbing yourself from what God's called you for. In front of that door, this list of prophetic words in front of the I can't do this. You're on the brink of that door, and you're turning around. He's like, I can't. You're disqualifying yourself. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. With whom you were sealed the day of redemption. Get rid of all these bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with these former malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Love your enemies as you love yourself. Remember, God wants you healed. He wants you restored. He wants you prosperous. I was watching this movie once, and God can really speak sometimes to this movie. It was a new, I like Marvel, so I was watching this movie, and this lady married this dark lord you know everybody feared this guy you know but they fell in love <laughs> you know i've got a point in the story but they fell in love and the next moment she ended up dying and they had kids but he became then all wicked and evil again and one time one of the sons that came out of their marriage he was like i'm gonna kill my dad <laughs> you know because of this evil guy and they met up with his aunt and they she was trying to teach him how to fight and how to actually conquer his dad because he became this evil person. And he said, how did she do it? And that aunt replied, she knew who she was. And at that moment, like, God spoke to me. If you want to win battles, get to know who you are. I went all goosies in a secular movie. I went all goosies like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to face battles differently. I want to know who I am. I want to stand strong. And I'm going to speak with authority because I know who I am. This is, quote, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not to fear the results of a hundred battles. When you get to know God, you get to know yourself. When you get to know God, you get to know yourself. So I want you to, right where you're sitting, close your eyes and say, God, I want to see who you see. 
you know that area in your life where you need to say, God, that's not who I am. Come, let's partner in this. Help me with this. Strengthen me. And I want to deal with this stuff because that's not who I am. I want to get to know you, God. Father, I want to get to know you. Know your heartbeat. I want to look at myself and see what you see. I want to know you more and more. I want to know the one that has created me, that knows the amount of hairs over my head. I'm the apple of his eye. Thank you that I can come boldly to you. There was this man of God, and I want to encourage you with this. One day he walked into his room and he closed his door. He said, God, I'm here. And the next moment, it's like heavens open. And he saw all these angels all around God worshiping him, worshiping him. And at that moment, when he walked in and he saw this, and he said, God, let's talk. God said to all the angels, shh, my son has come to speak to me. listens to you. He wants you whole. You are a son of God. I want to encourage you, this year when those things rise up, realize that the light has shone into your heart. And at that moment, say, God, okay, now it's you and me. Don't fall into condemnation, guilt, and shame. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just love you. <laughs> Imagine yourself going into that dream. It's like, God, I'm here, and all these angels. <laughs> My son came to speak to me. I said it yesterday in the pre-meeting, and I really felt like, this time as well, God's going to restore relationships. God is restoring relationships. I started seeing in my own life and things that happen, and God's going to restore relationships. There's a couple of you that have, um, there's some broken relationships, and God wants to restore them. God wants to restore these relationships. If it's you, put your hand up for me, please. I know there is. I know there's people here. If it's you, just put your hand up for me. There's one here. Say, God, I want this. Putting your hands up, God, thank you for your story. I'm telling you right now, watch. Watch, those doors are going to open up where God's going to restore that. And do not get hot ass about it when they like, they phone you. <laughs> Don't, it's like, why if, allow God to bring this healing. And I want you from now till they get that phone call, start praying about it. So God, when that happens, my heart, because you need to deal with your heart. You need to deal with that unforgiveness. You need to deal with that thing. So right up to then, I want this relay, but up to then, deal with my heart. So when I get that phone call, this unconditional love, <sighs> just pour out of you. To the one that just know him, it doesn't make sense. 
and it's fine. Thank you, Father. Imagine what if you were in Jesus' feet and they were crucifying you for absolute no reason. But he knew who he was. He knew the Father and he and restored that unconditional love. If you want a relationship to be restored, God wants to do this. I really believe it's a year where God's going to restore those relationships. You know, and right now, if you need to forgive, you need to forgive. Because I think it's Joyce Meyer that said this, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting that person to die. <laughs> so what about right now where you are? Just sit and say, God, I honestly... I, I want to search my heart and I want to forgive right now. I don't want to hold on to that stuff anymore that's holding me back, what you've got for me. Just deal with God. Just sit with God and deal with this thing now. This thing is long. It's been torturing me way long. It's been in my mind rent-free. And now it's time to let it go. Such a, oh wow, you're already feeling such a lifting, such a lightness. You can sense it already. It's like, oh, it's just this yoke. It's just, it's gone. It's gone. It might come back to haunt your mind, but remember this moment right now. Be blessed. Be restored. Be anointed. May the power of God just hit you right into your household. That the fire of God will just burn in your heart like never ever before. That you'll create, develop such a new desire and hunger for the Father. And understand who you are in Him. So be blessed. Be anointed. May God just break through in your life, in every aspect of your life. In Jesus' name. Bless you.